practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Speaking of supervillains, yeesh. You're doing, uh, welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast, I'm Hans. I'm Casey, I just got out of a Egghead King Tut work death trap. Oh, I thought you were saying you shaved your, uh, um. Oh, no, no, I just got off of it. When you do a oh, I, I have been though. When you do a mustache trim, can I ask you, from very virgin beard guy to a guy who's had a long beard, right? And there's nothing maybe more disgusting than the hairs that curl under your lip, yeah, and that's get stuck what in your teeth, me. both visually and in body feel. Um, what are you gonna do? You gonna you trim right to where the lip gets pink? You let it go over a little bit? You Give it a give it a flat cut and then round it. What do you mean by round? And it? then texture, because mm. if you just cut straight flat, you just have that flat bowl cut line. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then I uh, see, so I... you do the flat and then you you rotate the scissors up and just soften that edge. Well, there you go. That's what I, I was I was thinking because I've been seeing been watching a lot of NBA and there's some serious um, legit beardum in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I noticed a couple guys, they go hard on the upper lip. And I was like, it must feel nice. It looks kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. They just go real thin, big, beautiful, bushy beards, but, but just that... this like Vincent Price, skinny, plenty of room Ooh, above the lip. <laughs> I don't got the confidence <laughs> to carry something like that around. Oh, my God. I saw the... Um... I, I would say... wither from the stairs I would get from a, a thin... The same beard that I have, but just but the thin thing. up top. Yeah, yeah, faded up. I did see. I saw that. I noticed that watching basketball because it was back yesterday. Um, a lot of basketball players took a stand, used their platform mm-hmm. um, to totally. address what's going on, and and you know put the screws to the fucking money people. Actually, like some people are like, oh, they're rich enough to to take a night off. It's like, well. Yeah, but their owners, they don't want to lose a nickel. So these guys are using the only leverage they have oh, yeah. to make a point. And, and and these owners, they don't give a shit. I mean, oh. whether they're socially conscious or not, they don't give a shit if they need to cut somebody or not. So they're putting their um, totally. careers if on the you're, line. If you're the fathead that's like, oh, it must be nice to take a night off. It must be nice to be rich. Those guys, once they if they don't play, they don't get paid. That's right. So if this guy gets cut... He never makes that money again. And you don't pl- you you don't have a guarantee literally one game to the next if you're going to be playing basketball, let alone right. longevity. You know, like even like true blue legends of the NBA, like John Starks. We were living in New York. Mm-hmm. He was selling yeah. like he was selling like he- heated car seat like inserts <laughs> yeah. and he's john starks right. he's amazing he's game five he took on jordan he, he iced him you know like now he's he not icing anything he's Scott, heating up your backside in the uh scotty pippen was shilling hot dogs for super america you know what i mean mm-hmm. um that Bo jackson sells pies <laughs> yeah, he's probably the greatest human specimen since probably the Greeks. I, He's probably better yes. at sports than they were, and they invented them. I will say this about Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson, I think, has made more money off his sweet potato pies than off of 
baseball or football. And scoring touchdowns. And yeah. that and that's a true testament because if you hear there's a documentary about Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson gives speaking engagements. In fact, there was there's some associated lore in that our buddy Timmy Williams, when he used to work at a credit card agency in Watertown, Bo Jackson mm-hmm. came and visited and gave an inspirational speech. And then we spent all night hunting to... him down in <laughs> hotels. Um, Across the whole eastern side of South Dakota. But good for Bo Jackson just to be like, I have this killer sweet potato pie recipe and a name to boot. I'm fucking selling pies. Right. I'm, not selling, I'm not selling I'm not working for Big Pharma. I'm working working for Big Sweet. Right. Potato, that is. Frank, his his partner, Frank Thomas, is selling, you know, boner drinks. God knows. <laughs> oh, God. Boner muscle drinks? And you, yeah. who knows what's in that? Shark fins and monkey bones. Yeah. Frank Thomas is a prime example of, uh, I don't know what. That is. just such a shill. Don't often see late night TV commercials anymore because I don't have cable. But when I do... I love me that Frank Thomas one where he's, where it's just some babes in the gym. They're like, ooh, la la, who is that over there? And he's just <laughs> working the stationary machine. Oh, hi. See, um, and <laughs> Major League Baseball's Frank Thomas. Right. They cut the next part when the two ladies are asking the person in the gym. They're like, ooh, who's that over there? And that person goes, I don't know. They're asking about the guy who brings the Papa John's to the gym. <laughs> Like Shaquille O'Neal, Shakaroni. <laughs> There's a guy that he fucking sells insurance with the general. Oh, and I'm and hey, I'm I'm, I'm not, like we just said, people are gonna make money how you make money. The general comes. Well, I think the general might be predatory, so I'm not sure about that. But um, you know, if a company comes the, knocking on your door yeah. and wants to, you know, give you a little dough to represent them, as long as they're not like you hear in podcasts. Mm-hmm. very meta that we're at a podcast there was a while where i was like i like this podcast but i no longer like this podcaster because they are clearly shilling a predatory Just. lender like bill burr was doing that for a while and i was like i don't even have to look this up though i did i forget Sound the name good. of it and it was just one of those like loan sharky we'll give you 1500 bucks but the VIG is running and it's like 89% interest. It's only allowed in these certain states. And you're just like, oh, come on, Bill Burr. Come on. You can you, do you a can sell like or a... Chiagra or whatever like the generic <laughs> like Viagra company is now. Chiagra. Blue Chew. I'm too shy. <laughs> Chiagra. That I I did want to mention the NBA. I don't know why we got on beards. I oh and the and the protests and standing with and and doing the right thing, and the NBA in response to a lot of things have have acted responsibly. Like apparently, and I don't know if this is fake news because I did not hear it from a news source. I heard it secondhand that the saliva test that people are now um, mm-hmm. incorporating into testing was actually primarily funded by the NBA so they could have this bubble system which that tracks for me kind of makes sense to me because they spent a lot of fucking money to have basketball you know what i mean and that big supporter of basketball professionally is the ccp who's the ccp the chinese communist party is it really oh yeah they're huge into like financing basketball through different avenues and people, I don't know if you've seen this meme, but like because the guys wear K 
can put a slogan on their jersey yeah. and then their name is lower. Yeah. So guys can choose Black Lives Matter or whatever you Say want. Say name. Uh, yeah. If you go on the NBA store, they s- are selling those jerseys, of course, of course they because are, yeah. big jersey money. You cannot get one that says Free Hong Kong. <laughs> oh, so you mean you can type your own message in? Yeah. Oh, right. Well, like yeah. they just across the board. Well, the NBA gotten all that. So, and I don't know, like, so uh, that makes sense to me in a sense. I don't know, like, the exact links other than basketball is huge in China and there's billions mm-hmm. of people in China. So when um, whomever tweeted, it was like a coach for the Rockets in support of the protests in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was backlash because China is an authoritarian, quote unquote, communist system, right? It's communist, but it's run by the state, who is legit run by a dictator. Let's not lie. Xi Jinping is as bad as they come, in my opinion. Um, And I'm sure many opinions. But uh, so the backlash from that, just from the state, because they control the media. So shutting down any games that can be played. Mm -hmm. And there's cameras everywhere, and they will come down on you with vengeance and fury. So, like, if you... You know, our bootleg and stuff like you just, yeah, yeah, everything's dangerous there. So that makes that tracks a lot there. Well, and they also hold the keys to like a big thing because people were like when they were at LeBron James around that time when he was like, yo, let's take it easy and not jump, jump on China's back. And right. everyone's like, you, because he got the call from Nike yeah, to like, yo, chill or you're out. And because they, they got the call from China and they're like, oh, you want to keep making your cheap shoes here? Right. Exactly. You tell him to shut the fuck up. Not only do you want to keep making your cheap shoes here, do you want to sell your cheap shoes here for, for the same the amount or up. more? You because ship them anywhere. What people often overlook, I think, is that China's it's just an Americanized view. Like, I think China is broadly looked upon as an impoverished nation. Without a right, yeah. um, upper economic class, and that couldn't be farther from the truth. Oh, there yeah, is God, no. serious wealth in China, and they have serious buying power. Why else would you know American companies walk on tiptoes? Because it's just like we've talked about forever, and we don't need to go into it. Support whomever, whomever, whomever. When they're up at this tier, they're all playing the same That's bullshit amazing. game, yeah. and it's all to protect the bottom line which is mm-hmm. dollars for your buddies. Like, that's it. That's globally yeah. it, except for some of maybe the most purest places on Earth that are, quote-unquote, underdeveloped, that are still, like, I don't know, still kind of Right, if you forming, live deep in the Amazon, right, with your still tribe that hasn't changed functions, for centuries. Yeah, forming, forming systems that could potentially be, I don't know, um, uh, workable uh, who knows but that being said so uh because i'm gonna i'm gonna lose it because i was just cracking up and i couldn't wait to tell you about it watching the nba i got into it because of beards talked about nba's run by the communist party oh (laughs) so these players they make an agreement they're gonna come back and play Mm -hmm. um i I don't know all of the terms but one of them was that owners agreed to transform some of the stadium or the arenas into voting centers for the 2020 election but in response to them playing, they created a new – I keep doing quotes because I have to quote, unquote – well, no, a new racially conscious commercial 
but in my opinion, it couldn't be more pandering. It almost would be like jerk practice if jerk practice had any reason to um, lampoon a very intense moment tackle uh, racial protest race because issues. it was like it was like Martin Luther King Jr. giving you know his I have a dream address you know Rosa Parks getting mm-hmm. on the bus you know um, the um, civil rights marches in uh, in Alabama and it was so sounds like a truck commercial it was yeah it was just all these um evocative um uh, iconic american moments with and it's three 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 points i was like For holy shit they could have softened the edges <laughs> on that a little bit because i was like the first before a process i think i said out loud and it was like easy because i was like oh yeah all right you know i'm i'm watching a lot of nba i was like yep that makes sense that that tracks their they're racially aware and they're or socially aware, whichever. And then before I could realize what they were shoving down my throat, I um, I said, "Whoa!" Because it was this, it was like a sweet windmill dunk. So I wasn't like <laughs> commenting on, "Holy shit, that seems um, a bit opportunistic." I was like, "Holy dunk!" And then I was like, "Oh wait," because then That's it cut the- right back to the Edmund Pettus Bridge, and I was like. Okay, guys. Okay. Oh, uh, that's how you know it. Like that was written by like Skynet, because mm-hmm. it hit all the right spots, and then you're like, "Wait, what's going on?" Oh, get sick! It then turned into a highlight reel, and then it became like history lesson again. But then there's more sweet dunks. Come on, I did hear something interesting. I think it was brought up about. I feel like it might have been on John Oliver. Meg was watching a clip. And it goes back to the um, the statements you're allowed to wear on your back um, mm-hmm. of the jersey, allowed to have on the back. Yeah. Of your, allowed to have on the back of your jersey. You had to pick from a, a like twenty two names or twenty two, excuse me, phrases or whatever. And one of them is say her name. You see it a lot. Yet, mm-hmm. I think some players asked. They were like, "Well, let's put Brianna Taylor." And they're like, "No, you can't. Oh, say no, her no. name. <laughs> they can't say her name. You can say her name." I mean, you can say, say her name, Not on your but you jersey. can't say her name. They'll think you're, yeah, they'll just mix it you're up. You're taking a stand or something when you should be doing killer windmill dunks. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's as much social commentary as we need because nobody needs our ass at the forefront oh, of it. Yeah, but, no, thanks. But nobody needs, My... nobody needs, and when I say this, nobody needs the NBA marketing team at the forefront of it. No, just do God. the right thing. Make the appropriate concessions or just fucking just, just, yeah, okay. No bubble this year. It's too, it's too much. Like do what you got to do, but don't, I'm a little over them capitalizing on it because it's, it's just as apparent as, as um, Nike and yeah. stuff can do. Well, and that's the whole problem. They, it, they, it's an ad. It's right. an advertisement. Yeah. Like it's not a statement. Right. Yeah. You yeah, save your it. money. It's still a commercial for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, how about you pay some of these guys living weight? You know, like, look out for these people. Yeah, that's, yes, exactly. Yeah, you know what? Save your money. That's a good point. That's a good point. That was me overlooking. That was me looking at it from us, from, see, the shift has worked. Because that was me assessing that commercial, not as an advertisement, but as, like, a social statement. You're absolutely right. That's. It's a commercial. It's It's a commercial. It's like all the Nike things with, like, 
Kaepernick. You're absolutely right. They make it look, they get as close to social commentary as they can, but it's still got to sell some shoes, bro. Right, right. Still got to sell Nike. And Nike is a bad company. Nike is a really, really bad company. I don't. As far as uh, they they go, they're up there. Like, I'm. Colin Kaepernick getting money from Nike is not a bad thing. And Colin Kaepernick, Mm -mm. because he's getting money from Nike, making commercials that bring about awareness is not a bad thing. But it's like you're building it on a foundation of horrible practices. So Nike Mm -hmm. can, it's just like, well, I was going to say it's just like America, man. We just don't need to get into it, but I, I definitely have some analogies. No, that it's just fine, it's but that you Robert just can't Baron, build it on such shaky ground. You shouldn't. It's that Robert Barron mentality. All those dudes gave all their money away to build schools and libraries. Yes, and exactly. Like, which is nice. It's, they, ni- it's, I mean, it's nice they, they could have kept all that money. Right. So, like, Carnegie Hall, right? That is built on the blood of those steel, of that steel, steel of the strike. The homestead. What's the strike? That that's on the back of all these striking um, union leaders and everything, right? Um, I feel dumb that I can't think of it. People working in factories, like generations of families just laid waste. Yeah, dunk, dunk, dunk. Yeah, somebody should uh, a better way to go, and that's just not how the world works. Would be a new. Would be. Um, Jikes, jerk practice shoes made totally <laughs> sustainable and for a living wage. And if we had the money, then we get Colin Kaepernick and everything that you're on a firm, moral, standing ground. Sell our our, our the worst shoes ever, but the worst, yeah, <laughs> moccasins. <laughs> so we got to culturally appropriate something. We're like, oh, oh, right, you can't do that, can you? <laughs> They're like you guys had it so right, and then you made it's moccasins valuable. out of snakeskin, snakeskin <laughs> moccasins. Snakes, come on, what's wrong with that? Or and our second tier lineup, our Air Force Twos, which are just those really racist genie shoes with bells on them. <laughs> yeah, so I guess you know there's faults in every company. I was gonna, um... oh shoot, oh I saw a pair of speaking of Nikes. This should be why Nike should go down. Yes, they gave Colin Kaepernick money, money, but they invested in... Have you seen Denim Air Jordans yet? Because I have. Oh, boy, oh, boy. My boy can dream. No, they exist. They exist, <laughs> and they're the... I forget what era they are, but they have a... In the back, they have a back pocket, like jeans. So it's a, it's a shoe jean. It's a shoe jean. I don't, I don't want to put that together because that'll get spicy. They're like the 92 Jordans with like the two holes where you can pull the tongue uh-huh. up. Originally came out in like white and red and then black and pink. And they had like the little um, little nodule that you like usually see it on coats where you can tighten the laces mm-hmm. up. But these are so oh, the exact yeah, same yeah. design, but they were made out of denim and had a back pocket. So it's just a sack. For your license. <laughs> Just in case your yes, your license and your your metro card. <laughs> oh, I saw those. Um, that of course. Why not though? That's how you know they're evil. They've run out of things to sell you, 
So this they're just gonna they know they can get away with it because they've created a whole group of sneakerheads. Yeah. All they do is buy shoes. So they're gonna gouge you on a pair of fucking jean shoes that are just can I get a stone wash? Because they're gonna look like shit. And they're denim, so it was probably like we got this shipment of denim from Malaysia right. for nothing. <laughs> so like that's like ugh. The things that must go inside uh, not like even conspiratorial at the board group, but like the real rats who are like, you know, yeah. where's there a fabric strike in like the, you know, <laughs> know right? in, in East Asia, like, like that really manipulate, manipulate. Oh, that Jordache plant. Yeah, exactly. Burned down Jordache is ago. going under. That means hungry workers. We can get them first. It's like literally trafficking human labor. Like, I think there's an island somewhere that's technically, like, um, it's an island. Pirate island. Uh, it's like a pirate island. It is and a pirate island, And all of these island, companies yeah. that are probably making, you know, social justice commercials do business on a pirate island because there's oh, yeah. no laws. And so there's no protection for these workers. There's no regulations on these companies. And there's something else. Like, they basically launder their brand. So it's like mm-hmm. Nike has factories on this pirate island, but they only make this and this there under the name like, you know, Crikey. Medicine. Uh, yeah. And then it goes from here, here, here. And then it finally ends up in China where there are already it's labor abuses, but it's not as bad as the pirate island. Can you imagine oh, what God, goes if you're on? dreaming about working in an iPhone plant in China? Like if that's your like, oh, right. I got to get out of here oh. for a better life. I need to go somewhere with a suicide net. Oh, that's so... Because then I'm not chained to a sewing machine. Oh, man. That is awful. Yeah. Well, that could be a transition for a little... Brought a little... Little jerk... Jerk practice history lesson. Oh, did you bring some heat to the fire? All right. Got some heat to the fire. So I figure I'll just get into it. It's like a... History. A little history segment thing. Uh, the perfect transition. Don't, 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 don't. Something we love. Okay. Um, so I'll just get into it. Go the year it. is 1872. Gaspar Galanti rose rose with the sun to another day and another massive headache. Gaspar uh, was a trained surgeon and a well and a well well respected family man. He found the hardships of country living and farm life didn't suit him. The 10-acre lemon and tangerine farm that he inherited from his deceased brother-in-law was supposed to be a windfall for the family, a sure moneymaker that would set them up for generations. But it seemed there was one obstacle to their success, and that obstacle was the caretaker, uh, Biendetto Carollo. Oh, boy. It looks like Bernadette, so I have a hard time not calling him Bernadette, so I'm just going to call him Benny. Okay, Benny. And the other guy's name is Gaspar? Yeah, G A S P A R E. Gaspar. Gaspar, right? Gaspar? I guess I'm going French calling him Gaspar. But he's Italian, right? Yes. Gaspar. Okay, I got it. I got it. Gaspar and uh, Benny. Gaspar and Benny. Coralini. So word around the. F- uh, uh, Corolla. <laughs> Sometimes when it's less fouls, it's more yeah. disturbing, even. So you know the, the caliber of individual we're about to meet in a second. <laughs> Uh, word around the farm was that Benny 
had been taking more than his fair share, stealing pre-sold lemons and harassing potential uh, tenants who sought to lease the land from Gaspare. So Gaspare did what any self-respecting person would do. He fired him. Get the bricks, Benny. Get out of here. You're done stealing lemons. Come on, Carollo. Get, Get out of Carollo my lemon pitch. and drive away. <laughs> and Rollo away. All <laughs> uh, oh, right, where was I? I just lost my spot. Okay, so he fired him. Uh, Gaspare found a replacement, um, but then a few weeks later, that replacement was found in the field, shot in the back. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Threats flooded Gaspare, accusing him of firing a man of honor and hiring abject spies. If he didn't rehire Benny, a far more barbarous end would find Gaspare. Then getting, getting shot in the back? Shot in the back, yes. <laughs> so going to get shot in the front? I don't know. In the front? <laughs> yes, shot twice in the back? Like, uh, so Gaspare went to the local police and judges who refused to lift a finger. So, Gaspari, being a sane man, did what any family man would do. He left, leaving leaving behind, leaving a life of wealth behind, but enter, entering the history books as one of the earliest victims of what would become known as La Cosa Nostra. Oh. Baby, I'm talking about the mafia. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, so Wait, it, so it's, this, it's was, this was in Italy? This was in Sicily. This is in Sicily. Oh, okay. I missed that part. I was like, what? I didn't. Where I saved it because I'm about to like. Because I would have got it right it. away. Yeah. If Carollo uh, didn't give it away. 1872, huh? That seems late to me, but. 1872. Old lemon um, farm. Oh yeah, this, it's it's so hilariously jerk practicey. I was. I. It's a shame we didn't know about this sooner, because it's so silly and scary at the same time. Right. Um, so I, citrus... I just keep thinking, sorry, I just keep thinking about that threat where this guy gets shot in the back and they're like, oh, you, get you better, you better turn or it's going to be a lot worse for you and be like, what do you mean? They're getting shot in the fucking back. Two, two answers like, well, what's worse than that? And the other one is, okay. <laughs> like, and that's when Paul this guy Walnuts means business. knocks your teeth out with a hammer. Right. I guess. Yeah. Torture. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, citrus trees have been grown consistently on the island of Sicily since the 11th century. First brought to the island by Arabic conquerors from North Africa. Citrus fruit, lemons in particular, are notoriously hard to grow and cultivate. Oh, yeah. They demand large amounts of fertilizers and a consistent water supply. They also need protection from extreme temperature change and wind. Uh, so it happened the island itself was because it's so mountainous and relatively remote, uh, was an ideal location as it was seated in the middle of the Mediterranean, mm -hmm. which is one of history's greatest trade, along history's greatest trade routes from North Africa to Italy. Sure. Middle East. Around the Middle East. Um, lemons for the longest time were just considered a luxury. This <laughs> is some of the parts I love because I was like, I didn't know this, but it's amazing. Lemons were considered a luxury good, used only for decoration, or you could zest them and you could make um, perfumes or fragrances. So no right. one was eating lemons. You just had all these rich douchebags that are like, get me a box of lemons. What's I just want to look at them. Well, think about all those Dutch masters, right? Like, oh, they're yeah, always totally. painting yeah. lemons like next to the lobsters and stuff. So it's it was like, um, yeah, it was definitely like a social thing. 
there's also that great um scene creepy but um where in game of thrones where they talk about like she's got uh, it's the crazy sister you know who's always breastfeeding her kid oh yeah yeah the and, um they live uh, in the the mountains they live in the mountains and um the oldest daughter goes to visit them i forget her name oh it's sansa sansa visits and she's uh she like is kind of she's dating what's his i see i'm it's been too long for game of thrones it's called the snake or something he's like the prostitute fink or whatever Oh, right, Peter Dinklage? The, no, uh, no, 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 no. He's the guy who supplies the prostitutes. Oh, Braun? No, he's Whatever. just... He, like, he's behind the scenes. Oh, Littlefinger. Littlefinger. And Littlefinger is duping, and he's, like, sleeping with the sister now, right? Mm-hmm. But, re- and, uh... It doesn't matter. Anyways, they're like, I brought you all this lemon food, and she's like, lemons? They're rare, that... That was the most jankiest description. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't even think of uh, uh, articles to complete sentences there. Holy shit! All right, lemons rare. Just so for yeah, visual. they're like of course. the iPhones oh of the uh, the twelfth century. Mm-hmm. Which is so funny that you said the Dutch masters because it was like then if you can't afford lemons or lobsters, you pay a guy to paint you a picture of lemons and lobsters so you can look at them later. Yeah, and and that's how that's like the Dutch, Dutch con game. Like, this guy's got money. Look at all these paintings of lemons, <laughs> or like some lemons. He's like, he's got lemon money, lemon painting money, no doubt. No and then less. that's how you know a pauper who's like, what's these yellow biscuits? <laughs> no, it's like, why do you have a sun on your table? It's the sun. <laughs> Get him out of here, dude. <laughs> Throw him off the dike and let him float across the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah. If you <laughs> Take that fancy wig off of him. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh, it probably happened. <laughs> and then of course that guy just which makes it even funnier because then that guy tries to eat it like an apple and he just starts crying. <laughs> exactly. Because he's never wins. tasted anything <laughs> Nobody so wins. Uh, so awful in his life. <laughs> like because he takes. I just you can just picture it. Like he comes in, he's he makes a fool of himself. He's like, get rid of this idiot. Yeah. And then he takes a bite of lemon like an apple. <laughs> just, and just starts crying. Just starts throwing up. Oh, I love it. Or they make him eat it in front of them, like some sort of eighties high school bullies uh, yeah yeah it's a little sun why don't you eat it no 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 eat the whole thing come on, yeah, I'm on. <gasps> it's good for you uh wash it down yeah, with so some of this salt <laughs> you're so rich you no got wa- seasoning no water for you just dry salt and lemons <laughs> okay uh so which in this next part also blew my mind so lemons weren't widely used at all for anything other like we were saying than decoration until the early 1800s, when the British Navy discovered they could use and bring lemons to counteract scurvy. Yeah, sure. Of course. Yep. <clears throat> Vitamin C. So they, so that Sicily then blew up because that early 1800s British Navy is everywhere. So they're just taking lemons out of Sicily, like in cases. Uh, 
So you imagine the oh, yeah. screams coming from these sailors, these malnourished sailors that have to put lemon in their mouth on these like just Sores. rotten sore <laughs> just like busted teeth and like <laughs> their teeth are so sensitive. Oh god. Sailor's and then mouth. the guy with wooden teeth or the old Waterloo dentures. It's like, it's it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> hey, get out of here, Woody. Hey, it's because you got dead man's teeth, you jerk. <laughs> they horses' teeth. Uh, so, so yeah, that my next note was basically, uh, after the British, that citrus craze of the 1800s starts. Italy's good to go. Sicily is the a lemon factory, basically. Ships leaving daily, loaded with lemons. Uh, at the time, Sicily was its own country. It existed pretty much mm. under the feudal system, so it yeah. hadn't changed since the 12th century. Sure. Uh, you had all these rich landlords who owned the land that was available. They depended on peasants to work it. And as we mentioned, it's hard. you got to take care of these fucking oh, plants, yeah. water them every day. Absolutely. Um, so... Over time, the landlords, as they move off the island because they want to deal with all these peasants, hire uh, a new class arises. They're called the middlemen or the gabliotti. Okay. Uh, so they they oversaw the farms. They hired people. They fired people. They oversaw daily activity. Um, so eventually these middlemen created, uh, worried about thieves and marauders, hired their own private guards. Okay. So we're beginning to see. Now we got system. a boss. Yeah. And now we got a lieutenant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and then. Uh, well, you got the boss of bosses, right? The guys that moved off the island. Guys on top. And they yeah. send in their underbosses. The guys running the show, mm-hmm. and now they're getting loot. Yeah, you can totally. They're getting that. their buddies to uh, chase off criminals. Uh, then in 1860, Sicily officially became part of Italy. Large swaths of church land or state-owned land went up for sale. You now begin to see a huge influx of small farmers and landowners deciding to spend what little money they have on land in Sicily, coming over from the mainland. And all of those people are like, why would I grow tomatoes here? I'm growing lemons. Right, right. There's all the money in lemons. Uh, so then you, we get to see the rise of extortion, intimidation, and protection rackets. Um as the like we said, the middlemen hire their friends. The guards team up with the thieves, and they just start shaking down these people. Um, so yeah, you have an influx of capital, a luxury good with razor sharp margins, and an infrastructure set up to bilk the powers that be. Look Which, as I was reading this, I was like, "You could have told me this was New York in 1930, right? You could have told me you were like." You're trying to open a shop in the 30s. You're trying to open a restaurant in the 70s. It's just like, oh, you want to do this? You got this. Same thing. You got to talk to my my dude. Um, so basically, uh, they in dry times, they controlled the water. In wet times, they created shortages by stealing unripe lemons and then reselling them later at wow. a gouged price. Uh, this was the <laughs> this is my favorite part because it's so visual. Um one of the threats they would do, Hans, if you are, say, a lemon farmer sure. that doesn't want to use my buddy Mitch. He's a he's the water guy. Mm-hmm. You don't want to use him. What I would do is sh- you may wake up one morning and find a lemon nailed to your door <laughs> next to a shotgun shell. <laughs> so the visual was just like, like a oh, tough guy trying that. to 
trying to nail a super juicy lemon that's just like squirting in his eye and getting in your cuts and your calluses. Let it's alone, like it's just not the like the shotgun uh, shell. Not the quietest message. You know what I mean? No. Just leave a shotgun shell. But that's exactly. great. Nailing a piece of fruit. Nailing a lemon. I'm gonna like just even audibly just the the structure of that sentence nailing fruit nailing a lemon to a door oh that's good it's just such a funny i couldn't i was laughing out loud just thinking about it because it's so it's so unruly it's a lemon it's round yeah you got this oh, absolutely. nail and of course you want to do the sweet spot you want to nail it without crushing it and because you lose the whole message so it's got to be a long long nail yeah, extra long nail, extra delicate long. hammering, and then you hang that little shotgun shell next to it. <laughs> a shotgun shell. That means that's like getting shot, <laughs> Which shot was in the back. Yeah, by far scarier. So yeah, I, that was the. I thought you were gonna say you wake up with a a lemon in your bed. Just on your door. Don't want to impose. Don't want to come in. By the way, lemon. Speaking of razor sharp margins, I don't know how familiar you are with citrus trees or lemon trees. Because no, we have some in the front. Doing this, it was just like, holy fuck. They are, I get caught when I dra- go by with the lawnmower, like, I'm, I'm not just being a weakling, like, they got thorns. Like, they will open you up. It's like no thorns I've ever been around. Like, they're not like, you're not going to just like snap, you know what I mean? You're not going to snap it off. Mm-hmm. Like, they're a substantial part of the tree of the branch and they are just like a inch, talon two inch yeah talon they're so sharp i mean i can get why well and it's like a lemon tree like it's not like they have to fight you know critters bears aren't going after their lemons they're oh, already yeah, they a, a horrible tasting lemons. fruit it's just a it's no a so it was just that interesting tree. confluence of history and location because if they grow, grew something else, you wouldn't, right. whatever. But it just so happened they were like, let's get rid of these, fucking, as you're describing, these nasty fucking lemon trees. Keep cutting me on this ship. Just throw them oh, on this yeah. island. Ugh. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go down the rabbit hole, but the thing, the things are, the thing I was reading also mentioned, um, they're like, okay, maybe it was lemons that sort of taught the mafia how to be the mafia. Uh, but they also said they discovered sulfur mines. <laughs> the two most unappealing oh, sort of oh, like that's God. where tony soprano comes from yeah a guy who smells sense. like farts just eating lemons all day i used to fetishize the mafia obviously like i just i think most people do um, oh yeah but when you discover like the actuality like what you're talking about like how just disgusting they are and how they shake down people like a fucking I just hate everything about them, even like, because they, yeah, they do their, their business and shake down businesses, but even like that untouchable attitude, like it just, it's disgusting to be around. Right. It's the same it's as so being around a drunk cop, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like yeah. the untouchable attitude, like I fucking hate people like that. And there was this great Netflix, ting ding Netflix plug here. I It's called like the Mafia Tapes or something. And it mm-hmm. talks about like how the mafia got together and the five families in New York, and how integral one how they took them down because it's like the 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 birth of like the recording system and how all these FBI guys like ha- like got recording devices in. It's super interesting. I can't recommend it enough. But I didn't realize how 
much money the mafia was making off of construction yeah. in New York in the 80s. It starts with a B, oh, yeah. not an M. Billions. They said like $2 billion a year because they controlled the concrete. Basically, that's it. The yeah. concrete. If you wanted concrete, you had to go through one of these five companies. One of these five, all of these five companies were owned by the, the families one. that split it yeah, up. The five families, and oh, yeah. normally in their their price fixing. So normally, what you should pay is you know, let's just say a dollar for per for cement. They made sure you could not pay anything less than twenty, and it was just like yeah, ah, scumbags. No, it's funny now that we're, you're talking about that, and then just going through this, you it's, you can see the evolution, and you can trace how they changed because it starts with lemons it starts with produce it starts with farmers you control the flow of this like they even get into it with godfather like he runs the olive oil business oh yeah but then they try to pivot into drugs and then eventually you just get settled and you're like oh no let's just concrete it's easy you building stuff here i'm not gonna let you that was the you've heard of the pizza connection Pizza connection. So the pizza connection is back in so. the seventies when uh, they just couldn't figure out how how all this high grade heroin was coming into New York. Mm. There's like there's just this huge influx of this super pure heroin, and like you said, heroin comes from the poppy fields in Afghanistan. It's a big part, mm-hmm. and that trade route goes through Italy. So basically, some mobsters were just like, well. Who's legit? Still had legitimate ties to Italy, which was bringing pizza sauce in. There's like we should just put heroin in our pizza sauce cans. They did it for like 15 years and got away with it until I think literally some fat cop or FBI guy was in a pizza uh, pizzeria and like bumped over, bumbled yeah. over a Ooh. pizza can. It was like that was too light. <laughs> it was a billion dollar heroin. Uh, importing operation oh god well speaking of those nasty villains nasty you want to i got a little lighter villain fare <laughs> yeah. or if you're interested we talked about last week uh we're talking about you know a little uh comic book fun a little comic book culture gonna try and come up with something and you want to take a quiz i'm ready nothing Quite like, so one of the great things about comic books is that, uh, to me, I think, is that there's no limit to one's imagination. There, because the medium basically allows for anything, right? Yeah. Um, short of like, you know, like bureaucratic norms and stuff, but there's all these indie comics and everything like Comics have always kind of pushed the limit, which has been really, yeah. really amazing. Even that's why com- there's you can probably attest to this more, but like the comic code came in because yeah, comic writers were pushing the limit because they were you know yeah not it forced as them regulated. to get weird right because superhero comics weren't selling; they were getting outsold by horror comics, crime mm-hmm. comics, yeah, even romance comics. Like superheroes were just a, a thing even like cartoon comics and then they the companies that own the 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 uh, the superhero guys were just like leaned on the government and they got 
They got Frederick Wortham to write some crappy book about how it goes into juvenile delinquency. So you couldn't until the 70s, you couldn't have a vampire or a werewolf in your comic book specifically. Boy. Obviously, you couldn't have any excessive amount of crime or gore or so the companies all had to abide and everybody if they want to stay in business just had to do superheroes which forces you if you want to push the envelope weird is acceptable well and so strange. if you got weird superheroes you also got some real weird super oh, villains got to. you got some super villains and i decided to do some scouring and find some of those weirdy super villains or did i because Casey, the quiz you're about to take is: is this a villain, or is this still in production? Got now it. I'm going to read to you a name and some descriptors. That's not all set. Each description is different. You might get a little dialogue. You might get a little history. You might mm-hmm. get some nemeses here and there. And and your goal is to decide if it's a real villain, or villain. if it's still, still in. Win. Hansi's brain still brain. in production, still coming. All right, and then of course I, I got a speed round, so this will this will uh, let me do some uh, work here. Got to cover my face. Now I will warn you: don't judge a book by the cover or a villain by its initial name. <laughs> All right. All right. So is ready. It, is it a villain? You're ready. Is it a villain or is it still in production? Number one. Bung. Short for the Bungler, (laughs) which was the original name for this Superman villain, when he first appeared in 1972, simply a one-off villain, the Bungler was reintroduced to the Marvel Universe as Bung in 1991, a bumbling bit of comic relief and prime member of the Hulkbusters, an elite squad created by S.H.I.E.L.D. to track down the Hulk and detain him safely. As the Bungler... His primary superpower was an adept ability to play sides, and at one time, he framed Superman for a jewel heist. As Bung, his moves simply botched the plans, and at one point, gave away the Hulkbuster's location by making a fire to cook K-rations. Is Bung a villain, or is he still in production? I'm going to say Bung is still in production. Ding, ding, ding. All right, okay. you're, off, you're off to the races. You're off to the races. Bung. Some of these... You mixed, by the... your, you mixed your companies, Hansi. That was your tell. No. You had Superman and Hulk together. Oh, my God. Well, good, good. I, and I was purposely like... Oh, that's I weak. do like the bungler, though. That is though. weak. That... Superman's old villains are all like that. He's got the prankster. Oh. That's definitely what I was basing on. And the teaser, and it's just like, he can punch a planet in half. Why is he fighting a guy with buck teeth and a rubber ducky? Damn, that is some weak sauce right there. Well, that was the start. That was the start. So hopefully I hopefully I, I got back into Well, Bungler into won't be force. in production for long, because he's coming to life somewhere. Bung. I'm the Bungler. <laughs> All right, number two, Condiment King. This is a 90s villain to the Caped Crusader. Yes, he is the Condiment King. Do you really even need to know anything else? While having no specific superpowers, he did have many wonderful condiment-based toys and was full of puns such as how I relished this meeting and you really cut the mustard this time. 
In defeat, the comic book. In defeat, the condiment king slipped on his own puddle of ketchup and nearly fell off the roof. Is he a villain, oh, or is he good. still in production? Because that could be just a slow day at the office. I got a deadline, and I I can't use Mister Freeze. So I'm you better like, catch you know up, what? Batman. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh man, why do I think? Oh, Batman's got some shitbag villains, too. Sure does. I'm going to say this is a villain. I feel like I've seen him somewhere. You indeed have. You've seen the Condiment King in Batman and also brought to life in Batman the Animated Series as well. Okay. He had a ketchup and a mustard gun. That's what I... I I was picturing the... Yeah, like a cock gun, but it shot condiments. That's it. Two cock. Yeah, yeah. That's what I saw in the the couple versions of him. All right, you're two for two. You know your comics. Number three, Whitey. Not what you think. <laughs> there is nothing racial about this character. Whitey is actually a villain from the golden age of comics, which is roughly 1938 to 1949. For the listeners, I know you know. Whitey was arch enemy to Twilight and his parrot Snoopy. Twilight, a masked crusader whose secret identity was wrestling champion Terry Gardner. In his only appearance, Whitey uses a nuclear spray that eventually reduces an individual's ability to see color to nothing but white. Twilight must defeat him before all of New York loses their color vision, thus losing their vitality for life itself. A funny note, at the end of this comic, Snoopy the Parrot is the only thing that remains white, causing Twilight to chuckle that Snoopy is now his sidekick, Turtle Dove. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that's good. And the stakes are keep in perfect. mind, Parrot Snoopy predates... Predates, predates Mr. Snoopy, Schultz's. Predates actual Snoopy by, yeah, by uh, 20 years, I think it is. When he came out in... Between 1938 and 1949. Oh, man, that's good. I'm going to say villain. Whitey is still in production. Oh, man. Those early comics are weird. I, I was on the fence, but you, like, him stealing color? Like, I was like, that's... That, yeah, that's definitely taken from some... There's a lot of, like, I'm I'm Polka Dot Man. Right, okay. There's a lot of, like, patterns and color villains, for sure. All right, all right, I got you on one. It might might have been adding some details in there. All right, so I'm... Sewer King. Sometimes Batman (laughs) battles monsters with incredible strength, fighting skill, and resilience. Sometimes he fights diabolical geniuses who attempt to kill everyone in Gotham. And sometimes Batman fights a homeless guy who lives in the sewers with a bunch of orphans he forces to steal shit for him. Which is exactly what happened when he faces the Sewer King. Sewer King, shunned by traditional society. His name is his real name is unknown. He was captured and taken to jail, but he patiently wait, patiently waited out his sentence until his pet rats and gators freed him. His location <laughs> is currently unknown, but I mean it's probably the sewers, right? <laughs> right, I mean, yeah. he lives in Toledo. They call me Sewer. Ah, uh, Sewer King. That one's good. I feel like there was a. 
I'm gonna go villain because I feel like there's an animated episode with a like Fagin style guy who kidnaps kids. Yeah, you would be right. That's the Sewer King, indeed. You are correct. Oh, but I, I thought you were just gonna finish. He just served out his sentence and was never seen. Like he just <laughs> no. Like, all right. He literally is freed by his gators. Comes in, he eats a guard. Nice. You are um, three and one. Three and one. Thought I could get you with the sewer king because that's that's so stinky. Number five. The molar. Appearing in Captain Marvel Presents the Terrible Five, Issues 1A and 2A in August of 1966, the Molar is a villain that lost, oh, excuse me, that had his teeth replaced with atomic steel by Dr. Krautman, a Nazi scientist. He has the ability to bite through anything, including power lines, rounded bank vault handles, and, yes, Captain Marvel's arm if he's not careful. It is also notable that the molar can send, receive, and intercept radio signals, which is primarily how he helped the Terrible Five get away with a massive subway heist without being caught. Unfortunately for the molar, Captain Marvel punches out his teeth, and the molar is seen at the end of issue 2A in prison drinking prunes through a straw in a wheelchair. It is notable that other members of the Terrible Five are Dr. Doom, Tiny Man, Dr. Fate, and Elastro. I want this to be real so bad. <laughs> it's such a good crappy power. And it's like a, a ripoff of Jaws from uh, uh, James Bond. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's that steel. So it's the silver, like, jaw. He's got the teeth. And I love the limitations because it's like he can bite through anything. Well, anything he can fit in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. So it has to be a tiny handle. I thought the same thing. Um... I'm going still in. Still in. You're right. The molar is still oh. in production. Oh. But he is based on a guy named Adam Jaw, who was a member <laughs> of the Terrible Five. Adam who, Jaw. Along with Doctor Doom, Tiny Man, Doctor Fate, and Elastic Man, not Elastro. Um Adam Jaw just had an atomic jaw. Same deal. Same deal. They didn't even really go. He, I don't even think he did anything with his jaw. He just kind of looked right. cool. I guess you give him a hinge, get a little snake jaw going. Yeah, he 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 looks cool. I can show you a picture of him actually. Um. Oh shoot! I gotta go pull this one up on my computer because uh, this didn't print out for me. All right, you ready? Also, I've never heard of Tiny Man. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't... Some of these need to come back. They need a gritty reboot. <laughs> I'll tell you about this gritty reboot. <laughs> Number six, the Roach Wrangler. Simon Pythias was once a pest control officer in the U.S. Information Agency in the Sudan. Having gotten lost in a sandstorm and fallen into an ancient Egyptian tomb, he lay trapped for 30 days with nothing to eat or drink but the line of roaches that paraded into his mouth, transforming him. The roaches brought him... <laughs> a giant golden icon in the shape of a roach, giving him control of all roaches. The roaches carried him to freedom, and Simon, now the roach wrangler, set course back to America. He can control any roach. A slumlord in Chicago, during the disco period, hired him to empty out his properties with his roaches so he could then sell the properties to build high-rises. 
He will eventually have an epic showdown with his arch nemesis, the Badger, in Wisconsin, where he was bested and sent to a mental institution. That would be <laughs> the Roach Wrangler. Roach Wrangler. How did he not ever fight Ant-Man? Like, I don't... It's low-hanging fruit here. I think it's a different universe. I forget mm-hmm. the Badger. Yeah. I'm going to say that's a still in. So there's some details in there that that are a little what, JP. What details are suspect? <laughs> Sudan. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's a villain, my friend. That's really? A, oh, a nice. Roach Wrangler. I was like, I think I'm gonna get Casey on this one. You because did, it's a cut and sure. paste job. And as I was reading, I was like, this sounds bad enough for me to write because they use just the word like. He ha- eats a line of roaches, and then a roach gives him a roach brooch, right, and then he controls I... roaches, <laughs> and then he uses roaches to put roaches in. I was like, holy shit, like, whoever wrote this is like... That's ridiculous. what I like, because it, it was Sudan, which which struck me, because it, it's been in the news more frequently, sure. so that kind of threw me off. And then also, I was like, if he's trapped, you're you're missing a whole... Like scarab beetles associated with right. Egyptian. Right, roach. Like, Why would that cockroaches? be? Cockroaches? He fell into a tomb. It was a roach tomb and gave him a golden roach. I don't know. I just love. Like, he can control roaches. You can do so much. Like, you can own New York if you control roaches, but he just goes to Chicago and, and gets a boss. Picks on he gets a boss. <laughs> he, he, he draws a paycheck. What a fucking idiot. Yeah. Oh, I love the Roach Wrangler. Oh man. Uh, all right, all right. I got you on that one. I like that. All right, you're still doing, still doing hot, doing hot. All right, number seven. Sugar Britches. <laughs> this is another Batman fail. This stretchy taffy-like villain first appeared in Crime Detective Comics 189. A down-and-out taffy-pulling operator decided to visit a gypsy in downtown Gotham to predict his future. When she predicted his future was dim. And then he overheard her talking about how she duped people. He decided to rob her of her crystal ball. After he dropped this ball in the taffy pulling machine, it cursed him into sugar britches, an elastic-like supervillain whose master plan was to turn the Gotham River into taffy, thus eliminating their only water supply. His plan failed when he was dropped into a vat of salt at, yes, literally the Gotham Salt Refinery. Sugar britches. (laughs) Oh, how is he not played by Paul Lind on Batman 66? <laughs> oh, sugar bridges. Was Paul Lind a villain in 66? Because what a mess. Oh, he was the, la- wasn't he the lavender guy? No, that was Lonnie Milton Burl. Burl. Oh, that was Milton Burl. Uh, I'm saying this one's fun. It's weird. I don't know if it's too weird. I'm going still in. Still in production? Yeah. You are correct, sir. Oh, good. But it is based on, as someone put it, one of Batman's shittiest all-time villains um, called Sweet Tooth. Uh, Ooh. In the 1977 New Adventures of Batman, um, meet Sweet Tooth, a fat man who attacks, who's attacked <laughs> okay. from all around throwing, throwing candy at his enemies. And whose entire plan was to turn Gotham's River into chocolate, giving all the fish diabetes. 
wow, you weren't too far off with you dropped the you stole the crystal ball from a gypsy and dropped I it into pro- your taffy pole. I think I possibly should have kept this exactly how it was because that river into chocolate the with diabetes. diabetes could be. Yeah, man. That would have thrown me. I would have I definitely. Feel like that might have. That would have thrown me for sure. All right, so that that had some some true basis, but you got it. Wow, you got it. Sweet tooth, you're crushing this. Um, number eight, hole, a silver age gem. Hole is a classic marauder with one unique characteristic. He has a hole in his heart in which he can hide and transport jewels and precious gems. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after a successful apprehension of the Hope Diamond, Hole is apprehended by Mr. Justice, the avenging spirit of an unjustly murdered 11th century English priest. Here's some fun dialogue. After he's captured, Hole states, It seems I'll never be able to fill the hole inside my heart. Mr. Justice responds, Well, not with stolen riches and treasures you won't, Hole. Maybe you should try love. Hole, what do you think that will do? Mr. Justice. Well, it might just make you whole. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Send him to the electric chair. <laughs> Don't touch that dial. <laughs> oh, the hole. Or just hole. Just hole. Got it. Like the band. I guess so, yeah. As much as I like that last bit of dialogue... It reminds me of a creepy Dick Tracy villain that's forever etched into my psyche who just has a really long, disgusting face. And he's got like a hole in his neck fat where he hides jewels from Dick Tracy. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's horrific. Uh, I'm going to go still in. He is. He is still in. I I, uh, I needed to... So that being said, I was like, holy shit, I need a hero quiz because Mr. Justice is real and he is the avenging spirit of an unjustly murdered 11th century English prince, not priest. I I was going to ask you about that, if that was you or if that was real, because it's It's awesome, but it's a lot of extra information. It's a lot. Because I was like, well, let me add, add something a little legit here. And then I read that and I was like. I guess. I guess <laughs> that's insane. Oh, man. All right. Number nine, Fat Man, the Human Flying Saucer. Real name, Van Crawford. He's a fat lump of a man that could change into a flying saucer. He was in three issues published by Lightning Comics in the 1960s. His costume is yellow and green with the yellow flying saucer emblem on his chest. Van Crawford became Fat Man after coming to the aid of an alien flying saucer. The saucer itself turned out to be a shape-shifting alien, which rewarded Crawford by giving him a chocolate drink with the ability to transform him into a human flying saucer. He teamed up with a teenage sidekick, Tin Man, who could turn into a robot. Okay. I'm just going to say villain because I want it to be real. Going villain, it's a trick because he's a real superhero. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were telling me that, and I was like, why is this so vivid? It's really firing my imagination. I was like, ooh, chocolate drink. But there was nothing to get you. You couldn't have possibly got it. He's a hero. Um, 
the only thing I took out was like he they make comparisons to Batman because he's extremely wealthy. So that's like he uses his wealth. <laughs> well, it's basically Batman, but like somebody with like he's a he's a fat guy who can turn into a UFO. Yeah, and also it's Just really like interesting because Lightning Comics, like they mm-hmm. they were real in the '60s, obviously, but they had a really like limited run. Like they opened and closed within a few months. Mm-hmm. So all these comics are super valuable and super rare. Like oh wow. All right, you got one left before speed round. Maybe All I right. can get you on speed round. Might get you on this one. The nickel nicker. This guy steals nickels. Seriously, <laughs> that's it. Uh, I think he had a plan to melt them down into bars, and nobody really noticed his nickels going missing. He was captured by literally getting pushed into a nickel press, and yes, the last panel of this comic is his face on a nickel. The nickel nicker. Oh. I don't know. I'm torn. Who is his uh, nemesis? Is that available? He's a a Batman. He's a Batman. Yeah. I'm going to say villain because it's got a sad end, which is kind of... I can see Batman ignoring this guy. Just leaving him in the nickel press? Just like this guy's desperately trying to get Batman's attention and he never does. He is still in production. Oh, nickel, nickel, nickel. You. But but you 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 weren't too far off because he's legitimately based on an amazing and there's some fun Batman trivia. He's based on a guy called the Penny Plunderer, a real <laughs> okay. Batman villain who steals pennies. Um. Oh, let's see. Who somebody did a write up on him. This guy steals pennies. Seriously, that's it. I don't even know why Batman even bothered, except on slow nights. The, you'll appreciate this. You know that giant penny in the Batcave? That's mm-hmm. actually from one of the plunder schemes. But oh. here's how shitty the penny plunder is. It's so embarrassing for Batman to have ever fought someone who sucked as much as the penny or plunder that now DC says the giant penny is from one of Two Face's schemes. <laughs> So they changed the lore. He lost his gimmick. He lost his gimmick. Oh, man, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, isn't that hard for... That's true, that's... Wouldn't that make for an amazing Penny Plunderer? Batman mythology. Like, come back? Like, he's like... If... He comes back because he finds out about, like, that Penny... Sounds like something Garth Ennis, a little spin-off. I would retcon that story. I would bring Penny Plunderer back. Yeah, because that's huge. That's in every drawing in any iteration of oh, the Batcave, other it's, than the, it's the, the, penny. the movies. It's the penny, the penny and the dinosaur. If you ask people, they would say pen, giant penny, or maybe they would say giant coin. Oh, it's so definitely a penny. Penny plunder. I'm writing a letter. Bring him back. All right, you do, you have done really really good, but this is this is this is make or break here. I'm just going to mm-hmm. give you a name. You tell me if it's Vil. Or shill, is it real or okay. fake? It's gonna go down the speed round. It's gonna go just down go. speed round. I'm just gonna go. Animal, vegetable, mineral man. Vill. Correct. Toil. Shill. Correct. The heckler. Chill. Villain. <sighs> Praying mantis man. Bill. Correct. Ted Bundy's ghost. 
chill, but please be Bill. It's correct. You're right. Grunt. Chill. Correct. Lady Stiltman. Uh, Bill. Correct. Sinister Saliva. Chill. Correct. Egghead. Oh, big time, Bill. Oh, yeah. Crazy Quilt. Bill. Correct. Tommy Macaroni. <laughs> oh, uh, chill. You got it. You're, you're crushing it. Boiling Point. Bill. Chill. Oh. The Rainbow Raider. That's a Bill. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I already said Toil. Slam Dunk. Chill. Correct. Unless you're talking about now, you're talking about the actual NBA, then Bill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and lastly, Paste Pot Pete. Oh, that's, I know him. He's a Bill. Okay. Classics, uh, Fantastic Four. Because he's the best because he had to evolve. He was a Jack Kirby creation. And you, you don't, like, the reference was just like, yeah, there used to be guys with Paste Pots who would hang up all the, the show bills and stuff and paint on the wood. Yeah. So he was a... He had his paste pot, sticky gun, and even in the course of like the first ten Fantastic Fours, people were like, "What the fuck's a paste pot?" So they were like, "Um, turn his paste pot into a glue gun, and call him the Trapster." Oh wow, yeah, nice. So he always stuck with me because I I I just thought it was funny that he was so close to shill territory and they were like just change his name make him good at traps so well you you crushed it and as your reward i found it's kind of shitty but they they came up with some really i found like a super villain name generator nice and uh it's not great but i put in your birthday what your first name starts with and and the letters like c y v and l uh and so it came up with a a bunch of names obviously oh there's a few cases in here but you have casey vestal aka professor funny Corey vidal (laughs) gorilla man uh cory vale gorilla man cody vogel funny man kobe vanderpool peculiar man the, and specifically, it's male, so I love Christy Villarreal, Agent Peculiar, Cy Vigil. <laughs> oh, sounds very peculiar indeed. Curious Man, Chelsea Veal, Odd Man. You got Candy Camel, Candy Campbell, Agent Odd. Uh, let's Those see. are all cool and weird. Chauncey Wall, a.k.a. Captain Queer. <laughs> Which I'm sure could be an amazing Damn. character. Ooh, I find everything a bit queer, don't you? Carrie Powell. That, I mean, strange. Uh, Ill Man, which is good. <laughs> Ill Man. Oh, Chauncey Angle, Captain Suspicious. This is so good. Just the name. You know, it doesn't even need to be. It just needs to be a jerk practice name. Charity McGill, Singular Charity, Man. Charity McGill. How about Conway Ventura, Captain Singular? Uh Charlie Madrigal, Dr. Humorous. Let's see. Chadley Valente. Chadley Valente. Captain Unusual. Sure is. <laughs> Cooper J. Cracknell. Agent Comic. <laughs> Agent Comic. That one's good. Uh, I guess, so, 
Dr. Shady's real name is Carney Vertigo, and I, I can see why. Carney Vertigo. Cameron J. Van Pelt, a.k.a. Fishy Man. Man. <laughs> Fishy Man. So, yeah, uh, Crosby Valdez. Kearney Jewel, Agent Oddly. I mean, yeah. So that's your that's your reward. I'll have to send this. Oh, I love him. Chival- Chivalry Tyrell, Comically Man. Uh, Chowdery Michael, a.k.a. Mickey, a.k.a. Agent Gorilla Gorilla. Ooh, that one's spicy. My name's Chowdery. Yeah, Chowdery. And I'm Gorilla Gorilla. Yeah, that's that's no good. Uh, Cur- Curly Hallowell, Ape Man. <laughs> Conley Bernal, Dr. Ape. I love Dr. Ape. Oh, man, those are good. Kobe Ray, Silverback Man. You got Cody Valencia, Goon Man. Ooh, Goon Man. I like Goon, Goon Man. man. Cody Valencia. Oh my god. Chesney McGill, laughable man. You got Corey Vick. This is this is a good fucking supervillain name. Corey Vick is Agent Bodyguard. <laughs> That's a crazy good name on so many levels. Agent Bodyguard. Wow. Alright. Wow, Chevy McDowell, was... comically man, muscle man. So living in the wow. villain world, maybe maybe next time we'll get some 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 crazy you heroes. You... Exactly, we'll do a hero. Maybe I'll do a quiz for you and see what I can dig up. Yeah. I it's mean, like that, hero quiz. Some real true blue has already turned it off after question one. You can't miss. You can't mess up Marvel and DC on a comic book quiz. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Old polls cancel. Nerd cancel culture. Nerd cancel culture. You can't get away from it. All right, man. What do you think? I think it was great. That was fun. You feel you feel vindicated. You're on. You're on. You're on the top ropes. Whoa, Casey. Do you know anything about AEW wrestling? Mm-hmm. You do. I do, yeah. So we had like this, like cheesy version of cable. It's called Sling, and so yeah. TNT, which always used to have WWE wrestling, there is no more WWE wrestling. It's all AEW wrestling. Yeah, it which used looks to be crazy. Um, it's it's fun. Is it owned by the same? Is it owned by McMahon? Uh, no, it's um they took over. Uh, it's run by a, a like four wrestlers that were independent wrestlers. Uh, and the fourth guy to join is Cody Rhodes. He's Dusty Rhodes' son. Yep, sure. I'm familiar with him um, a bit. So he quit WWE and went out and did the indie circuit with these guys, and they would do like all the old road dogs used to do. They'd just do the in- these different indie companies, stay there for a couple months, work a couple stories, and move on to the next thing. And they got hooked up with a guy, the son of the owner of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Okay. Uh, his son, his name's Tony Khan, is also a successful businessman, but he loves wrestling. I love it. So he, in the tradition of Ted Turner buying WCW to compete with WWE, Tony Amazing. Khan pitched Ted Turner, and Ted Turner said yes, even though Ted Turner's like bedridden. <laughs> he still was like, <laughs> we'll have, we're going to have wrestling on TNT again. 
and we're going against Vince McMahon. So let me ask you this. Did WWE split town and they are like their own streaming service now? Because I saw yeah. like a WWE app. So you just subscribe to them. They're not on. Yeah, you pay them like seven ninety nine a month. Uh, and you get all of the pay-per-views, um, some old stuff. Uh, but you, what, the one thing is you don't get the weekly shows. Well, that's what I was going to ask. What's their weekly shows? Is it still on TNT? Uh, they have Monday Night Raw on USA. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the big thing was uh, AEW moved in when uh, they moved one of their shows, SmackDown, to Fridays, and it's on Fox. Oh, on like prime time. Yeah, or it was for a while. It was, gotcha. it was. It has not been doing well in the ratings. Right, right, right. I just saw. I was like, I just know WWE is such a juggernaut. So when yeah. I started seeing this pop up, I was just like, I. I just... Oh, it totally. Chris Jericho's in it. It totally has the old WCW feel. I could tell. Yeah, it looked so cool. Um, like so, it looked. It looked just as sassy. With a perfect mix of like crazy mm-hmm. production and violence, with like where you're like, yeah, this guy looks super produced and super like hunky and like ready to go, and he's got a theme, and he's just fighting some brute in a pair of briefs who just oh like, yeah, the, who just um, looks like a racist. They've like, right. done a huge thing. They've got a bunch of old superstars like Arn Anderson. He's one of the oh, managers. Yeah. Jake the Snake is one of the managers for one of these guys what? who is the total big like psycho heel guy. Like I haven't watched a ton of it cuz we don't have cable so I don't have a way to watch it, but I, you know, follow the nerd talk. Gotcha. clips. Uh, um if you you said you have Sling, I don't know if it allows you, but if you use the TNT app, you just got to put in your that you pay for some form of cable and you can watch it on the TNT app. Oh. God, there's so many. If you ever had an hour and a half, you wanted to kill and watch some wow. wrestling event. It's amazing. Like, just, yeah. Dad to all these apps. Yes, yeah. Oh, gotta subscribe to a new one. Jeez. <laughs> all right, man. Well, all right, that was fun. Nice. We, we snuck a little wrestling in there at the end. You got, you got some wrestling. You got in some there. politics. You got some sports. Mm-hmm. You got some pop culture. We got some history. History. Citrus. Citrus. That's, that's might be the Keep next Keep that in villain. mind next time you squirt that bad boy into your old iced tea. That's a villain, Lemoncello. Lemoncello. That's a <laughs> good, good, good name for a villain. Right oh, there. man. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> He could design him after the. If it's a '66 Batman, he plays a yellow cello. All yellow, yellow cello. (laughs) He looks like the the guy that uh, young Vito Corleone kills. Drinks lemonade. Godfather Two. Always squeezing lemons, lemon drinks, lemon cakes, (laughs) little lemon cookies. Oh, and then he's got that because he's got the acid bombs. Lemon acid. Ah, burning my eyes. But he's a better villain if it's like, if you think that's what's coming. And then it's just this big Sicilian brute with a bat. <laughs> he just beats you with a pipe. <laughs> they just call him Lemoncello because the only thing that you could perceive that he does is anything close to weak is drink Lemoncello out of a dainty cup. <laughs> oh, yeah, That's exactly. the scene. You're in, like, yeah. Crime Alley and you got all these dirty thugs. And you see a bartender put down that dainty cordial glass, 
and his hands shaking as he pours this limoncello. And you see some big thug at the ju- jukebox, and he's like, oh, who's drinking that stuff? And then you just hear knuckles cracking. And it's this, it's, he's got lemon across one knuckle and cello across the other. <laughs> That's good. I was thinking you could maybe. I It's very Ennisian if it's like you walk in and you see this like dainty limoncello shot at the bar and then a classic old Harlem Knights in this big zoot suit, mustard colored mm-hmm. zoot suit, and he's standing there at the bar and then like this big beefy arm just comes in and throws this guy behind him and it's just old limoncello. Old or you slut. could do twofer it could be a twofer it could be a duo you got lemon uh, and cello. Is the brute, and cello is the brains mellow that that's mellow yellow mellow yellow. <laughs> mellow and yellow that's a tie-in that was on the back of a six-pack of mellow yellows <laughs> yeah you get you get your oh i wish comics still came, out, came with stuff you get a basketball with your pizza and you get a comic book with your yellows that's all you need perfect childhood jerk practice jerk practice sketch boys love to reminisce yeah yeah no uh-huh yeah no it was a great laugh party it was cool it was, sweet. It was chill yeah the drummer from the strokes was there it was cool yeah i was like you know so 2004 but, you know whatever it was cool timmy from the white kids was there Farted real loud. For real. Juicy. Anyways. No, it's cool. Cool off, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, I'll get something to eat. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. No, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll just see you later. Do it, chill. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you guys sell sandwiches here? What do you think? Yeah? Oh, no. Jesus. Christ. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey, hey. You want something around the corner? You want something? Okay. Um. Okay. Uh. What's the difference between a hero and a role? Like, friggin' I'm about to get one is bigger, you fucking... Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm oh, on the phone. Jesus, oh, please. Oh, hey, 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 hey. I don't, they're just being loud here. It's a loud place. You know that. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. You know, what was that sandwich we got when we were in Amsterdam? What kind was it? Oh, yeah. No, they have, they have. Okay, I'll do it. Um, excuse me, gentlemen. Um, may I get, um, one sausage?
important that those cans of sauce remain in the boxes as opposed to being put upon my shelves. Hey, you're walking too hard, Del I know that. I want to see Mundo has to say. What? All right. Okay, guys. I want you to tell Del here when you were standing over here, what you just do over here, Del Pino, over here. Look at this, huh? Do nothing to share. Huh? Tell what you just told me and him, Del Pino, right here. Go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. What name do you want? No, the other guy you don't know what's from what. Yeah, you, Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Mason. Hey! Feel the dreams. I ain't got all day. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted a sausage sandwich on a hero roll. What? <laughs> This is, uh, what was my name? Corey Vick, agent, bodyguard, out. And this is, uh, Che Beal, Professor <laughs> Comic, out. <laughs> We're gonna turn your river into bodyguards. <laughs> river into, I'm gonna give up, if you give all the fish diabetes, you can still eat something with diabetes. Yeah, right? No, it doesn't make the fish. It, it just makes them easier funny. to catch. Make some, put some fat on those. Get yeah. some omega threes. I love just all these blind fish with big ankles, <laughs> compression socks. Like a fish with diabetes. <laughs> just a fish with a compression sock around its midsection. Uh, oh. it's, it's like, don't tell me what to do, Bloomberg. <laughs> Little inside baseball. 